Now is the time and wherever you are is the place. The Citadel makes it easier to earn your degree by offering master's degrees, graduate certificates, and undergraduate degree completion programs that are entirely online. Flexible scheduling makes these programs convenient for working professionals. Online classes are held to the same high standards that consistently name the Citadel the number one master's granting public college in the South. The Citadel. Online. On your time. Visit citadel.edu slash online. <laughs> sense of theme here. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. Uh, thanks for downloading, listening to uh, the podcast of the Gary and Shannon Show. Now, if you want to listen to it live, you can do so every weekday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. in the greater Los Angeles area on KFI AM 640. Or you can go onto the iHeartRadio app and just type in KFI and listen live, listen to old shows, etc. Make sure that you subscribe not only to this podcast and share it with all your friends, but the pre-post podcast as well, which is bonus content that we can't do on the air for legal purposes. Good morning, apartment. Good morning, doorway. Good morning, wall. morning, ceiling. Good morning, floor. Ready to start the day. I'm a sneaky little stinker. Gary Hoffman. I hate that guy. I may not be Malibu Barbie. Shannon Farron. I've been through a lot, Barbie. But what are we, a team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. Gary and Shannon. It's just Gary and Shannon. Gary is away today. Wayne Resnick is hanging out with me. And, Wayne, the drama has already begun. The first round in Des Moines, Iowa, Minnesota facing Louisville. This is Richard Patino's Minnesota team facing the team that fired his dad, Rick Patino, in 2017. I love it. Games are always better when there's some kind of bad blood yes, going on. Absolutely. Always. Absolutely. We have got so much to talk about. The first story I saw when I woke up this morning was the Boeing story that we're going to get to because I was screaming at my phone, uh, still in bed, screaming at my phone at Boeing. Uh, Boeing, which used to be one of the great American companies. And the more we hear about Boeing, the worse they look. They look really, really bad. Uh, The other story I saw first thing, which was unfortunate, was the John Hickenlooper news. I was making fun of this yesterday because CNN had this, like, uh, countdown clock. You know how they do the countdown clock? Yeah. And, you know, usually the countdown clock is for something important, like um, maybe if the president's going to hold a, a media availability or make a big announcement or, you know, there's a... The countdown of the State of the Union. Yes. They count down to congressional hearings that are going to be televised. Yes. They count down to space launches. Yes. This was a countdown to a John Hickenlooper town hall. <laughs> and I'm thinking, who is counting down to that? Wait, which channel was it? CNN. Okay, because I because here's the thing. If it was Fox, it would be even more comical. Remember the Michael Cohen hearing? Yes. Uh, when we were waiting for it, we had CNN and Fox on in here, and they were both counting down. And Fox was counting down to the tenths of a second on their countdown oh, clock. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And uh, so I'm thinking, who the hell is going to go home 
Pour themselves a glass of wine and at 7 p.m. turn on CNN to see what John Hickenlooper has to say. Well, it turns out it was quite entertaining. John Hickenlooper talked about going to see an X-rated movie with his mother when he was 18 because he didn't want her to feel left out. Yes, that is a true story, and we'll get into that coming up in Swamp Watch at 1230. You know, there's just some things that don't need to be said on the campaign trail. We don't need to know everything <laughs> about you. If you've seen... Although you kind of... And yet you kind of want to know something like that. And I'm not saying you might think no. more of him or less of him, but it's a pretty important detail. I don't know if it is. I think that if you watched... a big window into the relationship, certainly... Between this guy and his mom. I feel like if you've watched porn with your mom, I don't need to hear about it. Really, textbook rule. Textbook rule. No one needs to know Does about Does this that. count as watching porn with your mom? You're watching porn, and your mom unexpectedly comes into the room. No, because I think uh, a lot of you in your species have gone through that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then I never have. <laughs> watch porn with my mom. Do you remember that moment? Oh, I'll never forget that moment. That's a horrifying moment. Oh, my God. I want to know more, kind of. It's the worst thing that could happen. (laughs) All right. Let's yell at Still, I I feel sick to my stomach now that that I I brought it up again. (laughs) All right. Let's yell at Boeing for a little bit, shall we? This report in the New York Times will have you yelling out loud. The pilots of these doomed Boeing jets, both in Ethiopia and Indonesia, who could not control their planes, did not have two safety features in their cockpits that could have helped them corral their erratic takeoffs. Why did they not have these safety features? Oh, because Boeing charged extra for them. I didn't know this was a thing. Did you know this was a thing? I did not realize that safety features would be an add-on for an airplane. I could understand items like better seats or an additional lavatory or something like that having to pay more. But no, 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 no. The idea that a safety feature is extra is wild. The practice of charging to upgrade a standard plane is extremely lucrative for companies like Boeing. Top airlines around the world must pay a lot to have their jets come with all the bells and whistles, including safety features that keep the planes in the skies. This should make everybody insane with anger. Yes, usually there are uh, there are add-ons like premium seating that you were saying, maybe fancy lighting like the Virgin planes have, uh, extra bathrooms. But other add-on features involve, wait for it, communication. Navigation and safety systems, these are fundamental things to the plane's operations. And many airlines, especially low-cost carriers like Lion Air, have opted not to buy them. And the FAA doesn't require you to have these. This is failure all around. The FAA needs to get its S together. I think you're right. I think it has to start with requiring them. As opposed to as opposed to, say, turning your attention to the airline and saying, oh, you need to buy the extra. It has to be 
a requirement. You can't fly the plane if it doesn't have all those things, the more period. We, the more we hear about the FAA, too. I mean, the FAA, who doesn't have the personnel or the money or whatever, is just allowing airlines to do their own safety checks. It, the FAA, I'm starting to feel like the way that Gary feels about the Playboy Mansion. We've got to just torch that thing and start over because it is so dirty and it is so outdated and just a failure. Just an Oh, I'm, yeah, I agree with you. You're looking at me. Yes, it is. And now a lot of people are dead. Here's the thing, too. We're not talking about a completely different safety item. All the planes come with that uh, altitude sensor, no, the nose altitude sensor. They had extra items that would make that sensor more useful that you had to pay extra for. You know, there's two. Do you know that there's two sensors in the nose of the plane that measure the the pitch of the nose, the angle of attack indicator. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Except, except the angle of attack indicator is an extra item that will light up if there's a problem with the sensor that is measuring the angle of attack. Further, that, that's that's not an add-on, Wayne. I don't think it. That's like saying <laughs> we'll sell you a battery charger for your phone if you want the shutoff circuit. So that your phone doesn't get overcharged and explode, that's extra. It's inherent in having something that you also have indicators if there's a problem with the thing, right? Right. The but disagree light. The disagree light is if the two sensors, I guess, don't match up in their readings, right. you would be warned. Right. But 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 I'm also reading that article, and if my understanding is correct, the planes have two of those sensors. But the software system only takes readings from one sensor right now. And that's one of the software upgrades that Boeing says that they're going to perform is to take readings from both sensors. So here's the other thing. Does that mean they were selling an extra item, the thing that will tell you when the two sensors don't agree, that couldn't possibly function because the software only takes the reading from one sensor? So you would need both add-on features for it to work You would need correctly. them to upgrade. They're yeah. selling you an add-on item that you still need to wait for them to have a software upgrade to be useful. This looks real bad for Boeing. Uh, we'll talk about it this more coming up. You won't believe what some of the other add-ons are. Here's a hint. Oxygen masks. <laughs> Luxury item. Do you imagine if you're in a plane you know, and it, that has Wi-Fi and you're reading this article in the New York Times? Yeah. I would be terrified. Don't reveal any more right now about the oxygen mask thing. Okay. Because as horrible as it sounds that oxygen masks were an add-on, there's actually an element to it that makes it even worse. Excellent. We'll do that when we come back. Gary and Shannon, Wayne Resnick in today. Boy, you can cool it down. I need a fool around. Just want to dance, dance, dance. Dance, dance, dance. I know you want me, but I don't care, baby. Just want to dance, dance, dance. Dance, dance, dance. Horse laugh. You cannot make me cry this uh, this early in the show. I need at least another hour before I lose my mind. We are talking Boeing uh, right now, but we have so much coming up. US, USC has a new president. Maybe putting a woman in this role will clean up what's happened at USC over the past decade. Probably not.
but they're trying. Also, there is a press conference happening in the next hour out at Lake Elsinore. And it's really sad that we have to do this. Uh, we've talked, uh, spent a lot of time yesterday, in fact, talking about how the world is, is going to hell in a handbasket. And as Gary said, we're picking up steam. We're picking up speed. I mean, we really are. They have to hold a press conference at Lake Elsinore to tell people not to travel in, in thousands to the poppy fields and lay amongst the poppies for Instagram likes. That's sad. That makes me sad uh, for all of us, for humanity. Don't do it for the gram. Don't do it for the gram. That should be a motto. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Tech Talk with Mark Saltzman. Also, there's new AirPods coming out and then Strange Science. We've got robots, robot news to tell you about. Who doesn't love robot news? And it's not the fact that robots are going to be taking over all of our jobs. So That's up- well settled. It's uplifting. Yeah, that is well settled. Boeing. We're telling you about the add-ons that Boeing and uh, other airline companies provide to the airlines. It's like a menu, you know. Do you want seats in your airplane? Check. Uh, would you like uh, four bathrooms or or six bathrooms? And you check off which one you want. Uh, lighting. How do you want the lighting? You want it to be fluorescent or do you want to be warmer lights? And you pay extra for various things. Well, we found out this morning from the New York Times that you also have to pay extra for safety features. Safety features that probably would have helped those pilots control the planes before they met their doomed fate in Ethiopia and Indonesia. So you were talking about one of the add-ons involved oxygen masks. Yes. It was, uh, let's see here. It was Brazil. It was Brazil. And they paid, I think it was $6,700. For, for oxygen masks for the crew. For the crew! An airplane doesn't come standard with oxygen masks for the crew. They also paid, this uh, Brazilian carrier, Goal Airlines, they also paid about $12,000 for a weather radar system control panel. I'm sorry. So some of these planes are flying around without weather radar systems. Why do you need to know the weather when you're flying a plane, really? This should be criminal. Can't you just look it up on your AccuWeather app? You know, they do this with cars, too. And I'm trying to, I, I mean, I hate that they do this. With airplanes and that the FAA doesn't require basically every safety feature that's available. It doesn't require the airline to have it on the plane in order to fly. They do it with cars, too, where you get upgrade. If you upgrade your trim line or as an upgrade package and you get an additional safety feature like a cross traffic sensor warning or a forward collision avoidance system. I'm not sure how I feel about that yet, but. When you're talking about airplanes in the sky, I feel like it shouldn't be negotiable. So how did the American planes or airline companies handle the the, the add-on feature? You probably want to know. And it's probably not going to come as a shock to you when I tell you this. Uh, American Airlines, which ordered 100 of these 737 MAX planes and has 24 in its uh, fleet, Bought both of those indicators that we that we told you about before the break, the angle of attack indicator and the disagree light. These are the two functions, two two functions that would have helped those pilots probably control their plane and stay in the sky and 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 not end in the the killings of all those people. Um, American has both of those. They paid extra. 
Southwest has purchased one of them and installed the the other uh, the other indicator as well. But they put it. They, they put, cheaped they put out. They put it place. way above the pilot's heads. Now they say we'll move it down to the main instrument display. Exactly. And United, everyone's favorite, isn't it? United, which ordered 137 of the planes and has 14 in its fleet, did not select either the indicators, not not the sen- not the sensor lights, the indicators, or the j- disagree lights. Uh, United spokesman says the airline does not include the features because its pilots use other data to fly the plane. But this is okay. about the play. But see, that is real. I almost cursed. Because the problem here is not the pilots didn't have enough data to fly the plane. The problem is the automated system took over from them flying the plane. It doesn't matter how much data is available. These two planes that crashed had a system that took the pilots out of the equation and they were not trained to take control back. And that's why they crashed. The FBI has now joined the criminal investigation into the certification of this plane. Uh, The U.S. Department of Transportation is already investigating, as you can understand. There is a federal grand jury investigation in D.C. looking into the certification process that approved the safety of the new Boeing plane. Because as we told you, uh, people who work for the FAA and Boeing engineers say that this was rushed through the rubber stamp on the safety inspection of these planes was rushed through. Not all boxes were checked. It was rushed through because they needed to compete with Airbus. But I don't think it's the rushing through that could be a crime. But let me ask you this. Let's say you know you're supposed to do something a certain way and you cut corners. What's another thing that you probably have to do? You have to cover up that you cut the corners. So I think it's always the cover up, isn't it? What's in their head, I'm assuming, is uh, some kind of fraud, filing of false information from Boeing with the FAA, possibly falsification by people at the FAA. It's not the classified emails. It's the lying. Yeah, that's what will get you. And to be clear, (laughs) this right now, we don't know anything that suggests anybody broke the law or lied or falsified anything. I'm just saying this should be, if it's a criminal this, investigation, sh- that would be the angle. This should be illegal. It should be illegal for the FAA to allow airlines to do their own safety checks that they rush through because they'll make more money if they do so. That should be illegal. Well, they when rely- all of our safety is relied uh, – uh, we rely on the FAA to do a thorough investigation of these planes. We, you know, there's, an, there's an expectation of safety when you get on a plane. Congress needs to step in and do some substantial rewriting of the laws. And this whole add So that this can't happen. This whole add-on business needs to... Same thing. They need to require yes. those all of those safety features on every plane. But remember, this is the same FAA who said, nah, we're not going to ground this model of plane of just yet. Of course not, because they didn't want Boeing to take the hit on, this, on the stock market. Um, anyway. All right. We'll talk more about this throughout the day because information keeps coming out. Also... Another story where we keep getting more nuggets. The college bribery scheme. We'll get into that when we come back. Gary and Shannon, Wayne Resnick in today.
Gary and Shannon. Wayne Resnick in today. The New Zealand government has announced a ban on military-style semi-automatic firearms and high-capacity magazines. This is a week after those types of weapons were used in the attacks on two mosques in Christchurch. Of course, 50 people killed in that mass murder. The prime minister saying there would be an immediate sales ban to prevent stockpiling and that new laws will be rushed through that will impose a complete ban on those weapons. Bob Mueller expected any day now to present his report on his investigation into Russian meddling in the 2016 election, potential collusion with the Trump campaign. Trump yesterday saying the report should be released to the public, although he has called it ridiculous as well. Well, we have. Spent- Does that mean he has a copy already? Uh, I don't know. Since he knows what's in it. He knows a lot of things that he knows and he knows all of it is what he knows. Uh, we're talking about the admission scandal here. Uh, Gordon Kaplan was one of the people caught up in this. Uh, Gordon Kaplan from Greenwich, Connecticut. Last year, his daughter was uh, trying to get through a bunch of practice ACTs, but her scores were no bueno. She needed a higher score. So Gordon Kaplan, being the high-powered lawyer that he is, started talking with Rick Singer, the, the mastermind of the college admissions scandal. And Kaplan said, to be honest, I'm not worried about the moral issue here. But and we know that he said that because he was the, the phone call was being wiretapped. Right. And it, it crystallizes what we already thought about the people uh, rounded up in this. They didn't care about the moral issue. They just didn't want to get caught. Right. Mm hmm. And Rick Singer said, if she's caught doing this, you know, she's finished. Which was him at that point, obviously, he was already in the clutches of law enforcement, Singer. And that was his way, I think, of like, are you sure you want to do this? Because it could have a devastating effect on your daughter if we're found out. And I guess this guy was like, yeah, I don't care. Bill McGlaskin is another name caught up in this. He uh, founded the private equity investment firm TPG Growth. He had been called one of Silicon Valley's most prominent voices for ethical investing. He's been fired. He was one of the people who paid Singer 250 grand to fabricate his son's football career. He was trying to get his son into SC as a kicker, despite the fact that his high school did not even have a football team. Now, in the aftermath of all of these stories, people are starting to think about the question of what does this do to the kids? People who study the behavior of uh, frantic parents say they disagree. Talk to the LA Times about it. They say that this kind of behavior can breed a helplessness in children who never face adversity or failure. That can lead to increased anxiety and depression. Jessica Leahy writes a book called The uh, Gift of Failure, writes about parenting pretty regularly. And she says that she went to a college recently. She met the mother of a 20-year-old with diabetes. The mom still tracks her daughter's blood sugar via a computer app. And she says she has no plans to stop. Now, Jessica Leahy says that's an indication that the mother doesn't think her daughter is capable of doing this basic task on her own. And she says when we do too much for our kids, 
We tell them what to do every step of the way. They never build up a tolerance for frustration. And that's when the anxiety comes in, right? We were talking off the air with Chris just a minute ago, uh, who works here, about what happens to these kids when they get into the Yales of the world or the SCs and they're like a 1.8 GPA person. How, how are they going to fare once they're, they've bought their way in? The assumption is they're not going to do very well. And I, maybe it doesn't matter because if you're the child of a very wealthy, especially a wealthy and connected person, how important is your college degree in terms of getting a job later? It's not. Won't, it's they, all use about the, who you won't know. they use the same yeah. wheeling, dealing, and networking to get them a job? Yes. All right. So then, then the 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 need for a USC degree as opposed to a degree from another school. What's the practical benefit of it? You know what? I was talking to John Cobalt about this, and he said it's not for the kid; it's for the parent to brag about. It's ego. You know, you get your ki- your kid goes to Yale that one ups the uh, mom across the way in the yoga class that has her kid going to ASU. It's like, well, my kid goes to Yale, and they love to brag about that crap. This is pretty pathological that you would cheat and, in many cases, break the law to get your kid into a school that they don't where they don't belong so that you can brag about them getting into the school which means you're bragging about a thing that's a lie. Yes. Yes. I mean and I guess you can't just lie. Like if you want if you want to brag about stuff that you didn't really that isn't a real accomplishment. Something you can just like ask me how much I deadlift. How much do you deadlift? 2,000 pounds, right? It's yeah. easy. See, it's easy to just lie about that. You can't just lie and say your kid got into USC. Right. Uh, but here's the, another question. Don't the feel-good chemicals that you get from bragging about something legitimate go away when you're bragging about something that is not legitimate? Like, what's the, I, what's the purpose of it? My reaction to that is, I don't know. It could very well be that you do get the same release of endorphins and activation of the pleasure centers, whether it was legitimately obtained or not. I would not, I don't think. Me, It's personally. hard to know. Yeah, You wouldn't do that anyway. But these are people, look, when you are powerful and rich, there's a high level of narcissism. Yes, this is true. What is that? Oh, God, I don't remember who said it, and I don't remember the context, and I apologize, but somebody had this, uh, it's a syndrome... It's like acquired situational narcissism, narcissism, meaning you're not a narcissist all the time or you weren't. And then something happens like you become famous or you become very rich and powerful. And then you start to acquire those narcissistic traits. And I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not trying to psychoanalyze any of these people, but I wouldn't be surprised if a licensed person did that and came to that conclusion. And therefore, I think when you're narcissistic, even if you're bragging about fake things, I don't think it matters. Yeah. It's the attention, because I think it's this. The attention. Here's what I think it is. Ask me how much I deadlift. Wayne, yeah. how much do you deadlift? 2,000 pounds. Now, here's what's happening. In my mind, obviously, I can't enjoy the actual accomplishment of deadlifting more than any human being could ever deadlift ever. Right. But what I'm enjoying is what I imagine your reaction is you're now impressed with me i see theoretically and that's what i'm getting a kick out of whether i've induced it legitimately or falsely interesting 
That's my theory. That is a good theory. I'm all in on that. Thank you for helping me understand uh, narcissistic people on the West Side. Um, coming up next. <laughs> that was a gratuitous dig at the end. I know, right? Uh, coming up next, it depends on your age, what you do for likes, doesn't it? You're 22, you take your, your top off. You're 32, you go in a field of poppies. And when you're 42, you use your kids for fame. If we'll you've talk, got them. We'll talk about it when we come back. <laughs> Gary and Shannon, Wayne Resnick in for Gary today. Gary and Shannon, Wayne Resnick in today. Zimbabwe's defense minister says more than 120 bodies were washed into Mozambique by flooding caused by that cyclone. The death toll in Zimbabwe is at 259 at least. And they are far from recovering all the bodies, unfortunately. Apparently there was a river ferry that that sunk in Baghdad. They say they were celebrating the Kurdish New Year in in northern Iraq there, and the death toll there has risen to 71. Coming up. I'm sorry. Our editor, Vanessa, said the death toll just went up to 200 on that um, cyclone and that it could be they fear it could be a thousand by the time this is all over. Yeah, it's all bad news over there. Can't even imagine. Um, Coming up the next hour, did you all see that uh, video of the dog on the 10? And it abruptly cuts off when the dog jumps over the center divider. We're going to talk to the guy who shot that video. We finally know the ending. And it's good. It's good. The dog's yeah, you, okay. I, if you weren't, weren't going to say that it's a happy ending, I would because I don't want people to worry. Well, we were talking about parents needing attention and uh, people needing attention, right? Uh, they're they're going to hold a press conference in Lake Elsinore about people uh, using the poppies to get Instagram likes. Well, there is a mother who runs a wildly popular YouTube channel. It's called Fantastic Adventures. If you go looking for it now, you won't find it because YouTube has taken down Fantastic Adventures. Why? Excellent question. This is a YouTube channel with more than 700 subscribers. More than 242 million views. It is a YouTube channel that is silly. They say whimsical, features kids playing with toys. They're acting out superhero adventures. And it turns out that the seven children starring in these videos in Arizona have been abused by their 48-year-old mother who adopted them. Michelle Hackney is her name. She created this YouTube channel, Fantastic Adventures. And NBC News reports that she physically abused, pepper sprayed, restricted food, water, and bathroom access to the children when they would forget their lines or when they didn't follow directions during filming. She and her two adult sons were arrested by Maricopa police. This is the kind of thing for which they shut down circuses. I, for tor- you know, for for torturing the animals to get them to perform. Except here, these are human children. You know, when the Turpin story came out, we said to ourselves, "God, how many more homes are there like this, where these where kids are just being abused and denying things like bathroom access, or you know, a toothbrush or a shower 
but for once a year. How many more houses are there like this where there's just kids that don't know any better, that are just being abused and they think that that is normal? This seems to be another example of that. With an extra with an extra, an extra despicable twist, twist, which is the constant public projection from the household. I mean, with the Turpins, I think it was garden variety to an extreme level, but it was basically we treat you terribly. But they all they weren't trying. The Turpins were not trying to get attention from the world for how cool their kids were. Here, it's the opposite. YouTube is going to have to do better here. Uh, this isn't the first time. That well, this how can kind they of... know? How can YouTube know what's going on? beyond the videos that are being posted. Well, in this case, uh, back in 2017, there were the parents operating the YouTube channel called Daddy 05. Oh, yeah. They lost custody of their kids because authorities realized the prank videos they posted of their kids were abusive. Uh, YouTube is also dealing with a softcore pedophile ring that's operating in its comments section. Yes. So I think doing better would be good. Should they, they are a private platform. They can do whatever they want. How about no videos with anyone under 18 plus proof of uh, age sent in before the video can be posted? Yeah, I think that's great. I know that's super insanely extreme. But do you have a do you have a, another way that could actually stop this? The mother in this latest case has been charged with seven counts of child abuse, five counts of unlawful imprisonment, two counts of child molestation. She, uh, man, she, uh, denied the pepper spray, denied the ice baths, stated the only forms of punishment she used. It was to have kids stand in the corner, getting spankings and being grounded. Then what were those two cans of pepper spray doing in her room? That's just disgusting. She had two cans of pepper spray for some completely unrelated reason. Coming up next, USC turns over a new leaf with a new president. Will she be able to clean up? all of the corruption. We'll get into it when we return to Gary and Shannon. Wayne we may have our first upset. The Minnesota Golden Gophers, a 10 seed, Mm -hmm. is up 73-61 over the Louisville Cardinals in Des Moines. Not Louisville. Yes, sir, at the 7 seed. At what point in the game? Uh, Where are they? Under about five minutes to go. Oh, yeah, it's over. Yeah, it's over. You can't overcome that momentum in the last five minutes of a first-round NCAA tournament. Hey, have you been to Disneyland Resort lately? Now is the time to visit the happiest place on Earth where you can explore the delicious Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival now through April 23rd. Caller number six will win a four-pack to Disneyland Resort right now at 1-800-520-1KFI. Yeah, it's time to call. Come on, it's time to call. Let's call. You'll have another chance to win at 1 p.m. Attractions, entertainment, and offerings subject to restrictions and change without notice must be 21 years of age or older to purchase and consume alcoholic beverages and a valid photo ID is required. Well, USC is trying to clean up its act. And it's going to be a Sisyphusian task, I believe. This has been a decade of corruption at USC, going back to the Reggie Bush issues. 
They are bringing in a new president. Carol Folt is her name. What do we know about Carol Folt? Well, she is from California. She's an environmental scientist. She received her bachelor's and master's degree from UC Santa Barbara and a doctorate from UC Davis. She went on to join Dartmouth in 1983. She rose there to become provost and interim president and then left for University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. That is where she comes to us most recently from. Now, she is no stranger to a campus that is covered in scandal. When she arrived at North Carolina, the athletic director had a job. What was his name? Bubba Cunningham. You know, when your name's Bubba, you're destined to become an athletic director or an athletic something, right? I think so. Bubba Cunningham had to fill in Carol Folt, who was new to the campus in North Carolina. And in the months before she officially began her tenure as the university's chancellor, there was two decades of drama for Bubba to fill Carol in on. North Carolina had gone through several internal reviews looking into allegations of academic fraud involving Tar Heel athletes being funneled into these no-show classes that required students to complete just one paper to pass. Yes, everybody, corruption when it comes to college athletes is everywhere. It's not just USC. The NCAA was watching North Carolina very closely, essentially moved into the campus. They had slapped that football program with a postseason ban, a scholarship reduction, and a three-year probation. They found out that there was a tutor at North Carolina completing coursework for players and that improper benefits had been provided by agents. Sound familiar? So by this time, Carol Folt had only been the interim president at Dartmouth. And she inherits this mess. Not an athletic powerhouse. No. Dartmouth probably probably did not have to deal with any of these issues there. It, they thought that the, the problems were going to be behind them, that it was over. But it turns out within six months of Carol Folt's arrival in North Carolina, there was a professor in the African and Afro-American studies that was indicted for allegedly accepting $12,000 for teaching a class that did not exist. Oh, boy. Bubba says to the L.A. Times it was a challenging time to say the least. Well, Carol is going to oversee a reputation overhaul for USC. And uh, this is not the only troubling thing that she had to face with the corruption in the athletic program. But um, she also stepped down at North Carolina over a Confederate statue debate. Yeah, she got embroiled in that. Silent Sam was the bronze statue that uh, stood there in the heart of the campus. And she had it removed and people lost their freaking minds. I mean, she got she got applause for for taking a stand and removing it. But some conservatives in the state slammed her, including the board that oversaw the university. So she. uh so she stepped down from there. But I mean, let's just let's just go over what what's going on at USC that she's inherited. It started with the Reggie Bush issue, mm-hmm. getting gifts and houses and all that and had them vacate some championships. And then we had uh, we have uh, what's his name? Car- it's like it's, a, it's you're trying to decide what order to present I them am. all in. I right. Am. I am. Carmen Pugliafito. Oh, <laughs> 
Carmen Hot Rails Poliafito, yeah. who was the head of the medical school that was bringing in just S tons of money for the university while doing a drugs in his office with students and uh, doing hot rails with strippers in Pasadena to the point of them overdosing, having to be taken to the hospital, and then him picking up said stripper, bringing her back to the hotel and doing more hot rails. That's somebody you want to be the face of your medical school. Absolutely. Um, then let's see here. Then there was, oh, right, the gynecologist, George, George Tyndall, who had been molesting girls for, what, three decades? Something like three that. Three decades? Mm-hmm. Under, under the guise of this is a pelvic exam? Uh, what else? Do there was another oh, doctor, the bad doctor that, the, that was, that uh, was going after the boys. guys, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, this admission scandal crackdown where more than half the parents named in the affidavit were trying to seek entrance to USC. Now, is that because this ringleader told the parents it's easier to get into USC than than Yale? I can pull more strings. A lot Uh, of people are hailing her arrival as the first uh, woman president in the history of the school. Mm-hmm. And that this gives her a, an advantage in dealing with some of these problems. Why? Well, I think with the the Tyndall situation, m- maybe it does. I don't know if women have a different sensitivity about that would be far less likely to minimize those kinds of problems and complaints from students. It's going to be a culture overhaul because Max Nickius and his reign was all about uh, fundraising and and covering up. And hiding all for the sake of the name of the school. Instead of rooting out these people, much like the pedophile priests, because the Catholic Church wanted to keep its stature and its name, it it wanted to be pristine. So instead of rooting these bad people out, you hide them, you keep them, you cover up their behavior in order to keep your reputation intact. Or did they hire her because of how she handled those problems at UNC with the athletic department, which was not as um, gorgeously ethical as you might think. What happened over there, they ha- they uncovered all that stuff. And then there was an investigation ordered, and they had to deal with the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools Commission on Colleges, which uh, gives accreditation. And at that point, they wanted to make that group happy. And she admitted that the school had engaged in academic fraud. Yeah, and she fired nine people. Right, which is fun, which is great. At that point, she looks like, "Hey, I'm falling on my sword a little bit," even though a yeah. lot of this all basically happened before I got here. And I'm cleaning house, and I'm admitting I'm not going to play games. I'm admitting the school academic fraud. She did okay, but then the NCAA steps in. Separate thing. Now she's got to worry about what they're going to do. And, oh, boy, can they kill your athletic program if they want to. And it turns out there's a little, some people call it a loophole in their rules. Do you know that in order for the NCAA to discipline a school for academic fraud, the school has to find itself that they did academic fraud? Now She had already admitted that there was academic fraud. She turned around and changed her tune. When she was in front of the NCAA, she said, oh, no, I don't. We don't admit any academic fraud. There's no academic fraud. So it was the best of both worlds, really. She did. She cleaned house. She cleaned house. She admitted wrong. And then she stood up for her school to the NCAA. She took care of the academic side of it. Yeah. uh, With the SACSCOC. 
And then she turned around and completely changed her story to take care of the athletic side with the NCAA. And here's the thing. So maybe that is the person that you hire. The person who knows how to navigate all that stuff to get the best result for your school. And if she fails, you know what she's going to say? Hey, not my fault. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Uh, Babu. (laughs) Coming up next, uh, we are going to have a press conference in Lake Elsinore about the poppies and about the droves of people going to lay on the poppies for Instagram pictures. A sad state of affairs. End of days. Uh, Also, butterflies catch all of Northern California off guard. We'll do our nature roundup, our flora and fauna roundup when we continue. Gary and Shannon, Wayne Resnick in. All you have to do is wait a second. Your hands on mine. The clock is ticking, so stay. Gary and Shannon, Wayne Resnick in today. Yes, it is spring, but this long, hard winter in Southern California does not seem to be. Making its way out of our lives just yet. Winter weather advisory remains in effect for the mountains here. Snow continues to fall. It it, it came down heavy yesterday afternoon. The rain did. I mean, it was and, like hail. And came on quickly. Right. And left fairly yes. quickly as well. Yes. Uh, federal prosecutors say a man from New York now facing 20 years in prison. These go back, the sentence goes back to the threats to kill former President Obama and Maxine Waters. Jury convicted him. The, he was uh, making phone calls, racial slurs, all sorts of that. Now faces 20 years in prison because of it. Okay, well, because of the poppy crowd overload, officials from the city of Lake Elsinore are joined by state and county authorities in holding a press conference to announce strategies for preventing the super bloom madness around Walker Canyon, especially this weekend. We told you last weekend it was insanity out there. It was insanity with people who who went to the poppy fields just to take a picture to post for the likes. If this level of destruction to the environment up there had happened Natural causes, we'd all be talking about a a natural disaster, but this was a man-made disaster. It's one thing to appreciate the poppies and Mm -hmm. go there and and want to protect them. It's another to roll around in them for for your pictures. They were not prepared. Although they did, in essence, invite people. They did promote how cool it was. Nick painted the perfect word picture. He said it was like, uh, you know, when when there's a, a... a big news story. Uh, maybe it's the Michael Jackson trial at CCB or something like that. And you see all of the different television stations out front and it's just boom, 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 boom. They're all lined up there and there, there's the reporter and then there's the camera guy and there's five to 10, 15, maybe if it's a high profile case lined up right there. He said it was like that in the poppy fields, but it was people just everyday people, and then their friends behind the camera of the phone. And people are just lined up like that. And it wasn't 15. I mean, is there no shame? Is there no embarrassment of, I just, I'm just here for the picture? 
I don't think so. I think that's something that the uh, that the the new generation doesn't have. They don't feel any sort of shame for for selfies. I mean, I feel like a I feel like a horse's ass if I'm taking a picture of myself in a field of poppies. I feel like the millennial mindset. Like, wow, how vain must I be to be taking this picture of myself? (laughs) Really, anywhere. Um, even even at some place where most people would agree it's appropriate, yeah, like in front of the Eiffel Tower or something, I would still feel like, oh, this looks bad. I was at a football game, uh, and my mom said to me, I was texting my mom, oh, it's it's cold here in New England or something, and she said, take a selfie, and I thought, okay, and so then I, you know, I pull up the camera feature, and I I felt like such a horse's ass as your arm was coming up to get the camera into perfect selfie angle you're like who's looking at me and thinking i'm a jerk yeah i am Mm -hmm. yeah just kidding (laughs) you take selfies all the time i do but you don't destroy but you don't destroy (laughs) my angles beautiful nature in the process do you see and that's the thing let her answer no okay but i would but and that's the thing, Monica. I know I'm one of the jerks. How but... long did it take you to figure out your angles? Um, I mean, whenever Instagram got popular, and I don't know, selfies started becoming a thing. Okay, but is does the blame for this rest on all those lemmings that went onto those poppies for the gram, or on the authorities who couldn't have anticipated and should have and should have had? Some kind of security setup in place before they were overrun. Uh, you can't anticipate. Well, uh, they knew the super bloom was coming. I think you could have. I really do think you could have anticipated it. Well, you will anticipate it moving forward. That's true. So, learning lesson. Teaching moment. Teach, as it yeah, were. teachable moment. <laughs> hey, all those butterflies have arrived in Northern California. And as Arthur Shapiro, professor of evolution and ecology at UC Davis put it, it blindsided me. The butterfly swarms. Mm-hmm. Is that how you describe a butterfly swarm? It does he mean? Does he mean the overall phenomenon, or literally, he was walking down the street and a big swarm came and blindsided him? Yeah, I think I don't think the latter. And I think that Arthur, as a professor of evolution and ecology at Davis, he should understand that the butterflies are on their way. You know, we I, we. It's not like it was not covered. In Southern California. That's true. You'd think he would say what you would expect is like, well, it was of a larger degree than we're used to seeing under these conditions. So that was a bit surprising. I expect more out of my professors of evolution and ecology at Davis. I guess both of these stories serve to show that uh, we still have not really figured out nature or human nature. Good takeaway. Good takeaway. Coming up next. People in their middle life crisis are now reaching out to a travel agency and all they have to do is tell the agency their issues and the agency will craft the perfect trip for their midlife crisis. People have too much money. Another example when we come back. Gary and Shannon. Wayne Resnick in today. Look, I don't mean to frustrate, but I always make the same mistakes. Yeah, always make the same mistakes because I'm bad. Gary and Shannon coming up in an hour when we get into Swamp Watch. We will talk about the president talking about the public should see the ridiculous Bob Mueller investigation into potential Russian collusion in the 2016 
election. Also, did you hear John Hickenlooper last night on his town hall on CNN? Of course you didn't. Nobody did. But listen, he talked about watching porn with his mom, and we're going to tell you all about that because there are things that should not be aired out on the campaign trail, and I believe number one on that list is I watched porn with my mom. You know, there's more to that porn story, though, than just he watched some porn with his mom. Well, we'll get the full story coming up in Swamp Watch. Hey, if you want to go check out our Instagram page at Gary and Shannon, we are featuring a video this morning of Nick eating yogurt with a giant spoon. It's quite mesmerizing. It's a pretty big hit. So It's a pretty big spoon. It is a large spoon. So you are the one who brought me this story today about these trips that are the new midlife crisis splurge. Transformative vacations. Tell me more. Well, um, you go on a vacation sometimes to see new places or to just get away from the workplace or to just have a, a new, be in a new place for a while. But what if your vacation could change your life. Hopefully people are picking up on the mocking tone in my voice. I don't know. I was like, I I was kind of all in on that. I was like, it changed my life. Look, here's what's going on. There's a guy named Tom Marchant, and he co-founded this luxury travel outfit, Black Tomato. This is for incredibly rich people to put together very luxurious vacations. And I guess he decided that luxury alone, it's not enough. Your vacation should help you achieve your life goals or help you resolve crises that you're having in your life. So now he's created a a thing called Bring It Back. And it's not just vacations. Oh, no, they are mission-driven itineraries. You can custom tailor them on your personal goals and challenges, trips that will solve your midlife crisis or some other crisis. And I think... Uh, it debuted yesterday. So it's a, it's available to you. What would be an example of this? Let's say you love baking. And right now you're an accountant. And you want to turn your passion for baking into a career. You could go to this guy and he will, he will figure out a way to concoct a vacation plan for you. And at the end of it, you will have realized your dream of turning your baking passion into a career. Listen to this example. Yeah. If you're if you're having a problem with your family relationships, maybe you feel distant from your kids and everyone's doing their own thing and you know, you're not having dinner together and all of that. He suggests Mongolia. Mm. He says their travelers can spend time with multi-generational nomadic communities whose traditional lifestyles require youngsters to take care of their grandparents as much as the grandparents take care of the youngsters. Yeah, I can see that going over really well. Hey, kids, put down your iPhones. We're going to Mongolia to live with the nomads. I mean, <laughs> I don't see that being a success story. But maybe that family comes back together stronger. Now, wait, do you take your kids with you or do you go to Mongolia And learn how they do it. And then you come back and say, put down your iPads, because in Mongolia, the kids are all putting down their iPads. We're doing it like the nomads, kids. What if I'm um, I'm finding it hard to keep any kind of separation between work life and personal life? I have no work life balance. Is there anything for me? Uh, Maybe Iceland. Because they know how to do that. A six-day trip to Iceland is designed to address entrepreneurial inspiration. 
Daily lessons like preparing your body and mind for transformation. Take a dip in the geothermal hot springs to better utilize your resources. This is a bunch of crap. So this wait. is like goop. Now, it is like, you know what? It's very much like goop, which is what, you know what's so funny? I'm totally blanking on her name. And I don't, Gwyneth Paltrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. Her, her uh, egg that you put up inside you and other things. So I'm at a hot springs. Jerry says he enjoys that. He enjoys what? He enjoys which? The egg. Putting an egg inside of uh, him? Inside of him? Oh, my Gary goodness. Gary who? Gary Hoffman? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes, Gary. So I want to get this straight. I go to a place because I just want a vacation, and I go into some hot springs just because I want to relax my muscles. And then in there is some other guy. And he's in the hot springs in order to uh, spark and engage his entrepreneurial spirit. That's not going to be a fun conversation in the hot springs, is it? I don't know if you talk in the hot springs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know what the the rules are. I'd rather not. You know, do you use the, the sauna at the gym and do you talk to the strangers in there? I do not use the sauna at the gym. For one client in a creative rut... It meant traveling from Tasmania to Sevilla to the English countryside, learning different ways to harvest fruit and produce jam in each destination. For a mother looking to connect. (laughs) (laughs) No, stop. Consider this for a second. (laughs) Let's go make jams. Unless the guy is already a spreadologist. Mm -hmm. He's like. Look, man, my whole thing is spreads, nut butters, marmalades, and lately I have been in a creative rut. I can't, I haven't had a, ew, I haven't had a new it. idea for a spread in like six months. Well, here we go. It's the jam tour. <laughs> because let's say he's an author. I got writer's block. Well, how about some boysenberry jam for you? <laughs> Why don't you go watch them? What if he's a writer that has writer's block? <laughs> like, go go make some jam in four different countries. And, and he comes you. back and he's like, wait a minute. I have an idea for a novel. It's about a guy who gets ripped off by a scam artist <laughs> on a travel thing. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Seriously. What about the mother? See, wait, look at this. A it, mother wants to reconnect with her teenage son. Oh, here's what I have for you. Watch porn. Pottery, pottery and indigo dyeing classes with Japanese masters. You know, I think... Son, I've been in Japan. Look at this ashtray. <laughs> oh, my God, Mom. Now I finally realize that we're not so different. Give me a hug. I had a roommate in college that was well way into making pottery, uh... Uh, a boy, a man. Mm-hmm. There's nothing know? wrong with making pottery. No, I mean, I'm just saying it might work for that mother and teenage son to get into pottery together. This is a classic the thing. Jam, the jam thing I'm calling BS on. And you know what? When I read oh, stories. You're, but you're buying the pottery yeah, part. I'm all in with the pottery. Uh, but, uh, you know, part of the, the, the joy I have when I read stories like this is not just the fact that it's ridiculous, but the fact that. People that have that kind of money to 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 spend trotting the globe to make jam, they should be taken advantage of. Like it's a little bit of balance restored to the universe. Only not not just because they have the money though. Like you're saying you're paying, if they have all their money and they're that gullible. Yes, I mean um, if, you, if you're going to spend seventy five dollars on a jade egg to to 
mm-hmm. do that we with don't, it. Yeah, we don't, why I, you know what? shouldn't really have brought up the egg. You brought up the egg. Well, you brought up goop and Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. So this is a classic uh, huckster thing, which is to take something. And, and by the way, advertising does this all the time everywhere. You take something and you amp up the emotional content of it. You turn it into an emotional thing when really it isn't necessarily, and that gets people like who, who are searching. Uh, that's how you get their money. All right, coming up next, the dog on the 10 freeway in that video from earlier this week that went viral. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's pretty good. We're going to talk to the guy who shot the video when we return. Gary and Shannon, Wayne Resnick in today. Because I'm away today he'll be back monday wayne resnick is sitting in with me and here's some stuff we've got our eyes on today uh at 12 20 we're going to talk to chris and carlo from kfi news he is at the poppy press conference up in lake elsinore that's going on right now you know the walker canyon area up there was just inundated with people trying to take selfies in the flowers it did not go well and a lot of people very upset about president trump's continuing to make negative comments about john mccain We'll have Lana, uh, Lana Zach from ABC News come on here in Swap Watch. Why can't I talk? Swap Watch coming up at 1235. And then we're going to have a speech pathologist at 1250 figure out what the hell's wrong with my mouth. <laughs> One of my favorite videos of the week, and I think everybody saw it. And if you haven't seen it, you got to see it, is a dog getting loose on the 10 freeway and there's a guy filming the whole thing and his laughter and the way he's telling the story is just infectious. And it seems like the, the, the video has a bad ending because it cuts off at an inopportune time. We're talking right now to Ruben Cueva. He is the guy shooting the video on the 10 went the dog running loose. How are you, Ruben? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Excellent. That was insane. Yeah, it was it was a pretty interesting experience. I never thought that this would all happen on the freeway. How long were you stuck in traffic before you got to the point where you saw what was happening? Not even five minutes. Like I, I had just gotten on the freeway and um I was maybe driving like a minute and then I seen all the cars stopping and people running everywhere and I, I really thought someone was fighting until I seen the dog. So. Because there were were there already people uh, on foot in the freeway trying to catch the dog? Yeah, there and was already st- people on foot, and I was probably like two or three cars behind the front. So I had kind of a, a close view, and then those cars ended up moving, so I got to the front. What time of day was this? It was around <laughs> 1, 1, yeah, 1 o'clock, like maybe one fifteen. Because I also was uh, confused about why the freeway was moving so so nicely. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting because I'm like, all these people are really stopping for this little dog. But when I looked behind me, the entire freeway was backed up. So, yeah, there was still a lot of people on the freeway. So the video starts and you're kind of following the these cars that are pulling over and trying to get in front of the dog and kind of corral the dog that has just taken off down the side of the freeway. And 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 then and then the dog starts to to make his way to the other side of traffic. And uh-huh. and you're laughing and it, <laughs> and I think at one point you said this is real life. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I couldn't believe that this dog was really like running across the freeway and not running to anyone. That was like the biggest thing that I was surprised by. That it just kept running away from everyone. And so you're you're videoing this, and then the dog jumps over the center divide into very heavy, fast-moving traffic, and the video cuts off. And we're all left like, oh, my gosh, what happened to that freaking dog? Why did you yeah. stop recording? <laughs> so, so I don't know if you hear in the video, but I say I better get out of here before this dog dies because I'm going to be pretty sad. So I, w- I was pretty serious about that. So when it jumped over... I seen a lady who I assumed to be the owner run to the divider and she looks down and she puts her hands on her head. And then the motorcyclist that was chasing the dog runs to the divider. He does the same. And I'm like, man, this dog's dead. I don't want to, I don't want to know anything. So I just took off. So my guess was as good as everyone else else's for a couple of days, pretty much. But yeah. That's why I took off. Okay. So then what happened? How did you find out about the fate of the dog? So then I went on Instagram Live because my whole social media um, was blowing up, Twitter, Facebook, everything. So I went on Instagram Live, and in the comments, people started telling me the dog's alive. So I'm like, there's no way. So I, I clicked on the link, go on there, and there's this picture of a dog, and it's called the I-10 dog. <laughs> and I'm like, is this really the dog? And it fit the description. It was in the same location. And um. I, I started questioning, like, maybe the dog survived. So I called the uh, Humane Society. They were open. I went the next day, and the dog was already gone. And I was really going to try to adopt the dog. But I figured I just lost my dog in October. I wanted a new dog. My family had been looking for a new dog. So I tried to get it. But um, at the same time, on that website that everyone was showing me, there was another lady that came on and she said, hey, everyone, I don't think the dog in the picture is the actual dog in the video. I think it's actually my dog. And I just got my dog back from CHP today. So um, she showed a picture of her dog and I figured why not contact her? So I contacted her and um, I got to meet the dog. And, and I'm pretty sure that's the dog that was on the freeway. Like, So you met freeway sure. dog? <laughs> yeah, I met it. I met the dog. Her name's Maya. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. When you were uh, videoing the early parts of this, did it seem to you like the dog was playing a game and having fun? Yeah, yeah. The dog was totally having fun. I mean, dog was breaking everyone's ankles. I called him Air Bud at one point. Looked like he was having a blast. So Maya kind of made you social media famous, huh? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. She did. What are the, some of the craziest messages you've gotten from strangers? I've probably gotten a couple thousand messages of people asking, just is the dog alive? <laughs> That's the most consistent message I've gotten. Still to this day, I'm getting messages about that. And then they'll go check like an update and they'll be like, oh, sorry, I already seen stuff like that. Yeah, I uh, uh, Isabella, who works here, was showing us the video, and I, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, this is the best video ever. This is why I got out of bed this morning to see this video. <laughs> this is so good, and your laughter and everything, it was so good. 
And then it ends like that with a legitimate <laughs> cliffhanger of a dog like over the center divide. And I said, this is the worst video I've ever seen. Like, that dog is so dead. So we were all so happy when we found out the dog was alive, just like you were, I'm sure. Yep. Yeah, you know, on Twitter, actually, a lot of people were saying that they started off laughing and then ended crying because <laughs> the ending is so abrupt and so, like, yeah. unexpected. So, right. Can, yeah, you, yeah, can I, you do everybody a favor? What's up? Well, you know that the dog is fine, and you yeah. met the dog. Uh-huh. You even, you're even on a first-name basis with the dog. Can you yeah. make another video, please, and just come on and say, hey, everybody, this is a follow-up. The dog is fine. I met the dog, and everything's cool. So that people – because there are people who are still walking around in the grumps because they're so, assuming that the dog met a terrible fate, and it didn't. In fact, now yeah. the dog is a celebrity. Yeah, so I I met the dog, and I took a picture with the dog, and I posted that. But I wasn't able to get a video, and I do know the family went out of town. Mm. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to see the dog. Oh, again. the family's out of town? Yeah. I wonder if we'll family. be seeing Maya on the freeway again pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Ruben Cueva, thank you so much for joining us. So appreciate your video and the follow-up, more importantly. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. We'll talk trending coming up next. Home, where families connect and memories are made. Find your new home with PenFed, a mortgage partner who brings confidence and value to your home buying experience. They offer low rates and no lender fees and can even help you find a real estate agent through their trusted partners. Let PenFed bring you home. Visit PenFed.org slash home or call 1-800-970-7766. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. So far, only one upset with that 10 seed Minnesota beating Louisville in the 7 seed. LSU beat Yale as it was supposed to be. And we do have maybe another upset in in Des Moines at the half. Uh, Vermont 13 seed, even at 27 with number four, Florida State. Mm. Mm. Did you fill out a bracket? No, because if you look at the entire field, it's a fool's errand. You're only going to hit your bracket through sheer luck. Oh, yeah. No, it's impossible. It's impossible. But more so than, I mean, we know the odds are infinitesimal to get it right anyway. But this year in particular, there's so many like head-scratching matchups going on. I'm curious as to what percentage of the brackets filled out in the country have Duke winning it all. Is it is it ninety five percent? Is it too many? Crazy like that? Too many. Too you don't many. think Duke's going to win it all? Uh, I think Zion could I, win it all without the other four. To the extent that you could really try yeah. to, to make a, a prediction, I if you force me, uh, I'm going to go with Gonzaga. Really? Yeah. All right. Hot takes. What, what else is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Time for what's happening. Bomb cyclone remains trending because the bomb cyclone that swept through the Midwest has caused more than $1 billion of flood damage in Nebraska alone. 
The governor says this includes $449 million damage to roads, levees, other infrastructure, $440 million in crop losses, and $400 million in cattle losses. Which is astonishing. It's also kind of astonishing the damage to homes and businesses, about $85 million, which comparatively seems low. Right. Well, that's just how much they lost. And, you know, you, you don't think about all the crops that come from Nebraska. Yeah. You know? uh, there were two men that say they stumbled upon a gift from the heavens amid all that destruction. They came up uh, across a refrigerator. It was a mini fridge in a field, and it was stocked with cold bud light and bush light. And they said, well, there's a silver lining to every storm. The FBI has joined the criminal investigation of the certification of the Boeing 737 MAX 8 as we get more details. We told you at the top of the show today, the New York Times published an article about Boeing charging different airlines add-on fees for things like mm, more bathrooms, better lighting, Oh, and oxygen masks for the crew, as well as two safety two safety measures that may have kept these two planes in the air. And uh, unfortunately, many airlines take up Boeing on their stripped-down planes because they're cheaper. Chickenpox is in the news because the governor of Kentucky, Matt Bevin, says he intentionally exposed his kids to chickenpox instead of giving them the vaccine. And I'm, I'm, I was thinking, I just called my mother, actually. I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking, I feel like when I was a kid, we all got chicken pox around the same time, and, and that's what people did. And why is this a big deal? Well, when I was a kid, there wasn't the vaccine. And so, like you said, you know, people would have chicken pox parties and the whole bit. Yeah, because, because before the vaccine came out in, like, 1984, there was a high likelihood that you were going to get chicken pox. And so parents would say, let's do it when we know. Let's let's find a kid who's infected. We take all our kids over there. And that way, at least we know they've been exposed and we know they're probably going to get it and we're ready to deal with it. But now, isn't it 2019 now? This vaccine, which is highly effective, has been out for a very long time. I don't know what this guy's excuse is. I mean, he's an anti he's an anti-vaxxer. Would you do this with mumps or measles? I'm going to try to expose my expose my kid to measles instead of giving him a vaccine. Well, maybe his thought process is when he was a kid, he he got chicken pox and he was no worse for wear. Uh, okay. You know, like except, we all except did. first of all, there's no scenario where getting chicken pox is preferable to not getting it. Okay. That's number one. But number maybe two, he thinks number, it's more, the vaccine's more number dangerous. Number two, then you get to worry about shingles when you get older. Oh, that, that sounds very painful. Very painful. Uh, We've got a skating controversy to tell you about. There is a star American figure skater, and she's accused of intentionally injuring a South Korean rival with her skate blade. If this sounds like Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan, you're absolutely right. We're talking about Mariah Bell. She's 22. She allegedly attacked the 16-year-old Lim Eun-soo during their final warm-up yesterday before the Ladies Short Program at the International Skating Union World Figure Skating Championships in Japan cut her left calf with her skate blade. So the the South Korean skater was skating near the walls in an effort to avoid contact with others when the American girl approaches her from behind. She suddenly kicks and stabs the girl's calf with her skate blades. She said 
They said she didn't apologize to Lim Eun-soo after the incident and continued to rehearse for her routine. On the other hand, none of this happened. Because according to the International Skating Union, they say based on the evidence, including a video, there's no evidence that she intended any harm. The South Korean girl took the ice. She scored her program. She defeated her rival. She came in fifth place with a personal high. So she was no worse for wear after the blade attack. No, it doesn't. They don't seem to be denying that. What happened? Her her skate sliced the other skater's leg. They're just saying there's no evidence she meant to do it. That it was intentional. Well, isn't it still wildly reckless to get close enough to another yes. skater during practice that that could even happen? Yes. So shouldn't still let let can't we even put aside the question of whether she did it on purpose and still go after her? Whenever I'm figure skating, I keep my distance. <laughs> Absolutely. You've always maintained a respectful distance from me when we are out on the ice together. Right. I appreciate it. Unless we're doing one of our routines and, you know. Oh, no. Then, of course, we have to be close with the the double twirling and the Lutzes, the Mm -hmm. mega Lutzes that we do. Chris Ancarlo joins us when we come back all about the poppy presser. Yes, we have to have a press conference about not rolling around in the poppies for the gram. (laughs) Carrie and Shannon, Wayne Resnick in. Shannon, Wayne Resnick in today and tomorrow. Well, Facebook is in some trouble. Facebook acknowledging today that, yes, it did store millions of user passwords for years in a readable format that its employees could access. Yeah. But uh, they say there's no evidence its employees abused access to the data. In that vein, we'll be talking to Mark Saltzman, Tech Talk, coming up in about an hour. We'll get a review on the new AirPods, among other things. But right now, we want to go live to Chris Ancarlo. Chris Ancarlo is covering the very important story for us today out of Lake Elsinore. They had to call a press conference because so many people wanted to take pictures of themselves lying around in the poppies. Oh, is it, are, you, are you going to me? Yeah. All right. Are you well, lying yes. in, in a field of poppies right now, rolling I, around, taking I selfies? Mean, yeah, just kind of uh, lost in thought as I watch these poppies open up for the sun <laughs> that's not here. And just, you know, it's a very transcendent moment. And I, I got a little carried away with it. I apologize, Shannon. But, yeah, they had a, a, a news conference here in Lake Elsinore that was tantamount to a fire news conference in terms of the personnel the that were here i mean you had representatives from chp you had representatives from the sheriff's department you had representatives from cal fire you had representatives from the city's office and you had representatives from the county government and they all of course took their turn speaking and talking about how um <laughs> how they're going to handle the enormous crowds that are expected again for the for the next weekend. And so here's what they're going to do. I'm going to top line this in terms of what they're going to do and then we're going to talk about some of the ridiculous aspects of what we just heard. So, uh to top things off, the main exit, so at Nichols and, and Lake, you're not going to be able to use to come see the Super Bloom. What they're going to do is they're going to siphon you off to two different parking lots, and then you'll have to board a shuttle. And that, that shuttle will cost 10 bucks. so you'll get on the shuttle. It'll take you down to Walker Canyon, which is where this Super Bloom, it's the epicenter of the Super Bloom, and you will get out and walk around. 
And uh, the reason they're doing this is because last weekend was just so completely insane. Here's the insanity that we heard. Number one, people were calling 911. That's a number you call for emergencies, like when people are dying. They were calling 911 from the 15 freeway because there was traffic. No. And they were saying, hey, cops, there's traffic. It's an emergency. And uh, that's a problem. Number two, <laughs> at least one person got bit by a rattlesnake. So we knew that that was a possibility. Now it has been confirmed that at least one person got bit by a rattlesnake. Thank you, Darwin. So, yes, indeed, that's uh, that's the kind of stuff we're dealing with. And uh, number three, at least eight people, I think it's, it's actually more than that, had to be treated for some sort of injury. Most of them uh, ankle rolls. And the mayor <laughs> had a... Uh, the make the mayor had a pretty good line. Or no, it wasn't the mayor. It was the ranger from the Riverside. There's this agency. I don't remember the entire name of it. It'll take the entirety of my head to, to name what the agency is. So we're just going to skip it. He's a ranger. And he said that people were hiking two or three miles in sandals and flip-flops. And I mean, his line was, listen, two or three miles up in flip-flops, maybe not so bad guess what? You got to come back down the mountain two or three miles and flip-flops and people are realizing that that was not comfortable. Uh, the business community, of course, happy for the business, but also inundated. Uh, at least one restaurant I was told had to be shut down because there were too many people trying to get food and they ran out of supplies. So it kind of reminds me of that story from a couple weeks back up on uh, up on the 50 in Northern California. Be, you know, people got trapped up because of all the snow. Dollar party? Go skiing. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it, very similar to the Downer Party, except sunnier and happier. So there you go. That's Lake Elsinore right now. God. It's like the Donnie par- Downer Party, but selfier and happier and sunnier. It's end of days. Hey, Chris, are they really completely is. shutting down those exits, or are they just putting up yeah. signs that says if you're coming to no. see the poppy? They're completely shutting it down. Yeah, so yeah, all yeah. the people those, who I mean, have legitimate business, they're wildly inconvenienced as well. They, they are. And they, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm really trying to, to balance this with uh, there is a sense of whimsy with this story, but there is a serious aspect to the story, which is why it's garnered the media attention that it has. And the, the serious side of this is that there are people who live and work here. They, they have a right to you know get home in less than five hours because of all the traffic that is around them. They have a, a right to be able to go out and eat at a restaurant that is not completely mobbed with an unexpected wave of tourists. And part of the, you know, the, one of the questions I asked, I said, listen, two years ago, you guys saw the, a super bloom and you know, you saw the crowds that came, why weren't you prepared this time? And they said, well, two years ago, we kind of modeled off of what we saw in those crowds. This is well beyond two years ago. And a lot of it has to do with timing, right? So we're in the midst of spring breaks all around the country. You have people flying out from all around the country. You know, they go to universal or Disney world. They're looking on Instagram or Snapchat. They're like, Oh my goodness, look at all these people lying down in beautiful flowers. We're in California. We got to go lay in flowers too. And so they hop on the road and they drive out here and they're from, let's say they're from Maryland. So they have no idea how to drive. Right. And they get down here and they're just stopping in the middle of the road because that's what you do when you're from Maryland. And next thing you know, everybody else stops. It's a chain reaction. And then we're in the midst of a massive mess. And so that's part of it. Chris, you mean they don't know where things are around here when they drive, right? People from Maryland. No, not, not, not Marylanders. They just they, they do that when they're at home on the Beltway. He can do 20 they, minutes. That, that's on how it. they drive. Yeah, he, okay. can, he can do 20 minutes on Maryland. Um, so anyway, anywho, anywho. <laughs> Chris, so thank also, you. How hard it, was it to keep it, a straight face for some of these uh, officials? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, like, 
Like when they're saying don't wear flip flops to hike up a mountain. I, 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 I try not to laugh in news conferences. I laughed a couple times. And again, like the whimsy part of it is it's tough because there is a lot of serious stuff here. I mean, well, you can laugh at these people. Thing. You can laugh at these but, people. Not at the I officials, feel bad for the right? officials, though. No, no, no. I feel bad for the officials because this is just like it, it, it really is too much of a good thing, right? It, it, it's the sort of thing that you're like, yeah, we want people to come out. We want uh, to rebrand Lake Elsinore for, for people to come out. But you know, we were hoping maybe for an extra 500,000 people over the course of a year, not 2 million people in a week. Chris and Carlo, thank you so much. Excellent reporting, very hard hitting stuff. And we appreciate it. (laughs) I I also appreciate your sarcasm. (laughs) Coming up next, we will dive into Capitol Hill for Swamp Watch. The John McCain attacks are not going over well with many Republicans. We'll talk about it when we return to Gary and Shannon, Wayne Resnick, and today. Nick hanging out with me today and tomorrow. Gary will be back on Monday. The government in New Zealand has announced a ban on military-style semi-automatic firearms and high-capacity magazines just a week after these weapons were used in attacks on two mosques in the city of Christchurch. Of course, 50 people killed in that mass murder. The prime minister there said there would be an immediate sales ban to prevent stockpiling and new laws would be rushed through that would impose a complete ban on the weapons. Locally, newly appointed USC President Carol Foltz says she is not daunted by the challenges facing SC. She resigned as chancellor at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill just after she ordered the removal of a controversial Confederate monument on campus. So no stranger to controversy. She is not. Also locally, the baby animal bracket, if you haven't done so. March Madness is upon us, and we have set up a baby animal bracket where baby animals go to battle over who is cuter. You can find the bracket and fill it out and play along with us at KFIAM640.com, the Gary and Shannon page. It's also up uh, on Twitter at Gary and Shannon and Facebook. 1230, we dive into Washington. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Alana Zach is covering Washington for us from ABC News. She is on Capitol Hill, and there has been uh, quite a few headlines that the president has generated over the past couple days. Of course, first attacking John McCain and then talking about Israel today. Lana, get us up to speed here. Oh, 
Ooh, a big one. Um, so let's uh, let's start with John McCain. Uh, after we spoke yesterday, the president um, delivered a speech in which he um, talked about his ongoing dislike for the late senator, and um, and he also raised a new point, which raised eyebrows, uh, saying that he never was thanked by the McCain family for um, for allowing, in in his words, uh, McCain to have the funeral he wanted. Um, there's a lot that that is not quite right with that statement, but um, it has prompted one of the least heard from McCain family members to actually speak up, and that's Bridget McCain. And we never hear from her when it comes to politics. But um, she said through uh, through her sister, who read uh, Bridget's words on The View, um, that uh, that. Everybody doesn't have to agree with her dad or like him, but she says she asked Mr. Trump to, quote, be decent and respectful. We only said goodbye to him almost seven months ago. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, uh, the president did not need to give approval for the funeral. I mean, let's put the, yeah. the disgusting comment aside. I didn't get a thank you. The Washington National Cathedral put out a statement today that it was honored to host the funeral service for Senator John McCain and that all funerals and memorial services at the cathedral are organized by the family of the deceased, that only a state funeral for a former president involves consultation with government officials. Yeah, that I and yeah, that to the fact that he wanted a thank you. He he wasn't invited, so that was actually part of his, um, I guess, honoring McCain's wishes because he McCain had invited um, other former presidents to be in attendance, but um, but McCain and President Trump never got along um, during McCain's life. That was well documented. Um, but but the idea that he's still bringing it up, all you know. Seven months later, um, which in terms of the family's grief is a short period of time, but um, in terms of his ongoing disputes, it seems like there should be other things that the president is working on now. And we know that he he's he has talked about McCain's vote on health care recently. He, he spoke disparagingly about McCain's work with veterans, which um, is also really questionable. All, all of these, I think, are are, uh, are questionable, but. Um, and then also talking about his role in giving the FBI a copy of the dossier after uh, the election, after it was handed uh, to McCain. So all of this is going on in the president's mind right now. And uh, and if you thought that this was done, then you haven't been on Twitter. And then today uh, on Israel's sovereignty, what was what was the comments on that? Yeah, well, this is another major foreign policy change that the president uh, announced on Twitter. Um, he uh, he's uh, he's announced that um, that the United States is formally recognizing Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights, and for decades um, that disputed territory has been referred to by uh, by the U.S. State Department as Israeli occupied, and the president uh, and his administration has now instructed them to call it Israeli controlled. He says that that they're going to be formally recognizing it. Um, and part of what might be happening here, too, is that uh, one of the president's foreign allies and supporters, um, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, is in the middle of a really tough re-election campaign. This hands him a major victory by President Trump. Is there any feeling that um, he's doing these things, and I'm specifically talking about continuing to bag on McCain long after 
there could possibly be any good reason to do so. <laughs> and then announcing something like this, which is in, in one hand, it's a big change in foreign policy. But on the other hand, it's something that seems pretty far removed from the concerns of everyday Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there some thought that this is all on purpose to distract from the troubles that he's having with those big issues that Americans care about? Or are people throwing up their hands and saying, we don't know what's up with this guy now? Well, Wayne, I think um, I, I, you have perfectly encapsulated um, part of the debate that's happening here in Washington. Is this all purposeful? Is the president doing it um, as part of his, uh, as part of the goals of his administration? Though, when it comes to McCain, that you, it, you struggle to see how that fits into the goals of his, his policy goals. Um, is he doing it to distract from other issues, or is this just what haunts the president? And uh, and as he has said before, that you know, uh, if he um, if he feels like he's being attacked, he will lash or he will hit back. Um, hard to see that again in the case of John McCain. But without knowing uh, what's going on in the president's mind, we're all just forced to speculate or uh, just let these comments play out and and try and um, maintain the humanity in it all. Lana Zach, great stuff as always. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Janet. I also want to say one other thing, which is that um, Megan McCain said to button this up, that, that it should be a focus on veterans and encouraged everybody to, uh, to support veterans in memory of her father. So I'm going to pass that along as well. Very good. Thank you, Lana. Thank you. All right. Shout out to Lauren in San Diego, by the way. She was our Disney winner in the 11 o'clock hour. Your chance at Disneyland tickets coming up after Monica's News at 1 o'clock. When we come back, it's the audio you've been waiting for all your life. John Hickenlooper at his town hall with CNN talking about the time he watched pornography with his mother. We'll bring it to you when we return. Gary and Shannon, Wayne Resnick in. Shannon, Wayne Resnick hanging out with me today and tomorrow coming up after Monica's News at the top of the hour. We're going to talk to Alex Stone because it looks like the Boeing jets that crashed in Indonesia and Ethiopia may not have had two options offered by Boeing, two safety options that may have averted those crises. Because the safety options were add-ons. It would have cost these airlines a lot more money to have these safety options that would have saved these doomed flights. How maddening is that? It's one thing to have a option for comfier seats on your plane or uh, maybe that purple lighting that Virgin uses, but safety options should not be add-ons. They should be absolutely have to have these on the plane or I guess they can they can be add-ons, but the FAA should require that planes have them in order to operate yes, in our sky. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, I uh, I was making fun of CNN yesterday because I had a countdown clock all day for John Hickenlooper's town hall. He is one of the people running for president. He was former governor of Colorado. 
And I thought it was just going to be total milk toast, right? Like who's dying to hear John Hickenlooper talk about himself or really anything. I mean, he's just kind of a dry guy. Or even his policies, because does he have any policy ideas that are so mind-blowing that you've just got to hear them now? Well, it seems like he's found a way to stick out of that crowded field with an anecdote uh, from his memoir. Dana Bash is talking to him and says, well, there's a lot of good stories in your memoir. One of them is about the time you went to see an X-rated movie (laughs) with your mother. Now, bear with me here. This is about a couple minutes, but I want to bring it to you uh, unedited because of what she just said. You have the floor, sir. (laughs) Thank you so much for that question. Anytime. Um, I thought it was better to write a book to let people really see who you were and and the dumb things you did as well as the smart things. And And where is that on the... On the dumb side. (laughs) I I was the youngest of four, and as I said, my dad died uh, right after I turned eight. And my mother and I had a pretty tempestuous relationship. She was just the most amazing person. And and I went off to college, and and for the first time, she was alone in the house. And I didn't realize how powerful that was until I got home at Thanksgiving. I promised, I called a friend in Philadelphia. And these were, I didn't know what the next movie was. We thought it was a little naughty, but we didn't think it was that bad. I'm sorry, sir. The title of the movie is Deep Throat. What the hell do you think it's going to be about? I, I, again, you got to understand, I was 18 years old. And so I came home, and my mother hated to cook. I mean, she, she was just a strong, powerful woman who got stuff done in her own right. And I got home, and she had this huge dinner laid out. And I said, oh, I promised, you know, I promised Jed that we would go to the, the movie theater and see this, this new movie. Uh, you want to come? And I, it's an X movie, I don't know, you know, I just, and she, I was sure that she wouldn't say no. I made a mistake. And she said, I'd love to go, because she didn't want to be left alone in the house again. It was a pretty famous movie, too. So I took my mother to see Deep Throat. Well, she's right. It was a huge cultural phenomenon that got into the mainstream, and you had celebrities spotted online waiting to get into the theater to see it. That it's a movie. You don't take your mom to go see it. Did he not know what pornography was? Did he think pornography was like, oh, that swimsuit's a little skimpy well, on that girl? that's exactly right. That was his excuse. He says, you got to remember I was 18. And I'm thinking, you weren't 13. You were 18. An 18-year-old knows what that means, you would think. Come on now. And if you don't, you're not fit to be president of the United States. But shouldn't she have known the mother also? I guess they're a very sheltered family. But here was uh, the rest of the story. He said that they're sitting in the movie theater, right? And he's sitting there next to his mother while this is all playing out. I I haven't seen this movie. I'm just assuming to know details of it would be wildly uncomfortable to watch with your mother. Uh, And he said the whole time she's saying things to him like, oh, maybe we should go. I don't know. Maybe we should go. But that she was the kind of person who, if she was going to pay for a movie, she was going to watch that movie all the way through. I mean, she's one of those people that when she goes to Dodger Stadium, if she's paid for that ticket, she's going to stay through 13 innings, 15 innings, whatever it is, because she paid to go to the ball game. She paid to go to Deep Throat. So she was going to stay through all of the innings of that as well. All of the of the different scenes sitting next to her son. Here's my question. The friend. Does the friend leave? Did anybody think of getting up out of that theater? 
I don't know. I can't look. I can't imagine ending up sitting next to my mom at a showing of that. But there was that one time that your mom walked in on you. Uh, Why is that coming up again? There's a new study about millennials, and it says that millennials care more about their dates, politics than good sex. That's progress, isn't it? Is it just millennials, though, or is this a a phenomenon with people in their 30s, people in their 40s? Because I've noticed since the election that this this idea of like, if you support Trump, no thanks. Or if you very Yeah, or the opposite. And you've seen the online dating sites that are specifically geared towards Trump supporters. Oh, there are. Yes, absolutely. Like FarmersOnly.com is for farmers. Right. Well, there's there's uh, online dating websites. In fact, don't you remember that um, the guy put up the website for Trump supporters and then immediately some tech people figured out that the security was or maybe it was an app and that the security for the app was as bad as security could be and 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 would have allowed anybody to get all the information on all the people using the app. Oh wow. And the guy it got pulled from the App Store on the Apple side. I don't know what Android did with it. And the guy was mad at the people who had exposed the security flaws. So coming up with things just be based on your politics or your political affinity alone is big business now. Although in this case, I guess I'm surprised millennials would be as concerned about political affinity as older people. Oh, no. So that's the part are, that does surprise it, me. They take it very seriously. I thought millennials were less political and no. less partisan oh, God, and more no. open-minded. No, they are very all in to, to Bernie Sanders, and they're very serious about it. All right, coming up next, Boeing, the latest. It's not good news on Gary and Shannon. Shannon, Wayne Resnick hanging out with me. Gary will be back Monday. Zimbabwe's president has declared two days of mourning starting Saturday for the really untold number of victims from that cyclone. President saying he witnessed unmitigated despair during his tour of the area. Destruction of police stations. More than 200 people have been killed in Mozambique. More than 250 people more in Zimbabwe. And just widespread flooding uh, as a result of that cyclone. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we are going to get into strange science. We're talking about a rocket that is going to blast people across the Atlantic in 30 minutes. That's in our future. We're talking about Jeff Bezos and his special Mars click. Uh, Why male and female serial killers choose their victims differently. Also on the docket. Hey, Haven't been to Disneyland Resort lately? Now is the time to visit the happiest place on earth where you can explore the delicious Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival now through April 23rd. 
Caller number six will win a four-pack to Disneyland Resort right now. 1-800-520-1KFI. Yeah, it's time to call. Come on, it's time to call. Let's call. Yeah. You'll have another chance to win at 11 a.m. tomorrow. Attractions, entertainment, and offerings subject to restrictions and change without notice. Must be 21 years of age or older to purchase and consume alcoholic beverages and a valid photo ID is required. One of our favorite Disney enthusiasts is Alex Stone, and he joins Hang us. Hang on, I'm tonight. dialing on the other phone I know, right now. I, I, I can't win. I work for Disney. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, I, I'm a fan. I was going to tell you uh, that uh, you can't win, unfortunately. Oh, darn. Alex Stone joins us to talk about more bad news for Boeing. It turns out that there were some safety options for these two airplanes, the one that crashed in Indonesia and Ethiopia, that may have kept these planes in the skies, except the airliners uh, were were too cheap to add the add-on options. Uh, and that's unfortunate that Boeing is charging extra for safety features. Alex? Well, yeah, this is, if you remember yesterday, we were talking about runaway trim and the angle of attack and, and all of that, that it generally has to do with where the nose is on the horizon. Is it too high? Is it too low? But like buying a car, that airlines have options when you're buying a plane. You can have options on the lighting. Do you want a window in the bathroom? What kind of seats do you want? Uh, what kind of ovens on board? And different components up in the cockpit. And one of those components has to do with uh, the, uh, the, this aspect of, of the trim of the plane, the angle of attack indicator that does the calculation of the angle of the plane, uh, the angle of the wings, and the wind moving past the, the plane and, and over the wings. And it decides if the nose is too high, that then you're in danger of stalling. And in the case of the, the Max 8 and 9, then it will automatically bring the nose down. But at least in Lion Air, we don't know yet in Ethiopian Air, but in Lion Air that there was a malfunction with the sensor, and it immediately brought the, the nose down and that the pilots didn't know how to recover from that. Now, there are two of these angle of attack sensors. The, the system that brings the nose down automatically in the MAX 8 and 9 only uses one of them. So if that sensor is bad, then you can have a problem. Now, the option here is in the cockpit, do you want the pilots to be able to, to see the data coming from those two angle of attack indicators where they can see the, the, the data that it's reading in real time? And then a second option, do you want something called a disagree light? If those two uh, sensors in the front disagree on the data, meaning there's a problem with one of them, then a light will go off in the cockpit. Well, reportedly that Ethiopian Airlines and Lion Air did not pay for those options, Southwest Airlines and American Airlines in the U.S. say they did, and they always have. Going back to the 800, 700, and 800s, which were the, the, the series before the 8 and, and 9 that the airlines currently have, and they, they still have the, the 700s and 800s as well, but they've got it in those. They've got it in the MAX aircraft that they're not flying right now. So U.S. carriers, at least Southwest and American, say they did pay for it. Uh, United, it appears, may not have. Uh, but in these foreign airlines, it looks like they did not. And even if you pay for these extra features, that's not the end of the problem, right? Because you still need the pilots to be trained to understand what they mean and what to do if a problem arises in flight. Well, yeah, and this is the thing. And, and this is why we're being told by United and by other pilots that these features, these options really aren't needed, that a pilot should know 
if the nose is going down, that he or she doesn't need numbers on a screen or a light to go off to say, warning, your nose is going down, that if they look at the horizon, and these were clear days when Ethiopian Airlines and Lion Air went down, they should know that they're having a problem, let alone when the nose goes down violently and quickly, like we know happened in at least Lion Air, that no matter how much data or how many lights they had blinking in the cockpit, it doesn't matter. The end result is going to be the same. That, As we talked about yesterday, you reach down and you disengage the automatic elevator. It's two toggle switches by the, the captain's right side. You disengage that, and then you hand-fly the plane, and the plane's no longer pushing your nose down that whether or not an alarm told you that or just being a human tells you that all of a sudden you're crashing back to Earth, that the, the result should have been that. And at least in Lion Air, it doesn't seem like most of the pilots were trained in that. If the FAA wants to fix its reputation, and I don't know why I haven't seen them cross this alert yet, uh, they need to make sure that these safety options are required because right now they don't require them. And it, it, that will help, I think, the public perception with this cozy relationship between the FAA and, and Boeing. And and yeah. how many more plane makers have these add-on menus? You know, I, I'm, cons- I'm wondering about Airbus now, if they have a similar uh, menu type uh, purchase option. Yeah. And Boeing says that they are now going to make it mandatory. It will be uh, part of the base model on 737 MAXs, at least. We don't know about the what they call the NG, the next generation of the 700, 800, 900. But at least on the, the newer planes, they, they will automatically put it in there. I don't know on Airbus and Bombardier and Embraer and all of those other airline, all uh, the airplane makers are becoming now eaten up by Boeing and by Airbus. But most of the aircraft that you see out there are from only a couple of manufacturers, and many of them in the U.S. are from Boeing. So this will impact a lot that it will be automatic. But if you were flying Southwest and American on those MAX aircraft, they were on there anyway because those airlines decided to pay for it. Alex Stone, thanks so much. Appreciate it. You got it. Thanks, guys. All right, coming up next, Tech Talk with Mark Saltzman. We'll get a review on the new AirPods. Are they awesome or maybe underwhelming? We'll find out. Gary and Shannon, Wayne Resnick in. Oh, look at this. Two seed Michigan State down to down by one to 15 seed Bradley. That's going to be a fun one to watch. That's They're, embarrassing no matter how it turns out. Right. They're Even the if half. they win, it's still about why was it so close at all. Right. What does that do to your psyche moving forward? All right. Well, it is 120 on Thursday, which means we like to hang out with our friend Mark Saltzman for Tech Talk. The machines are getting smarter. This is Tech Talk. Brought to you by Skynet. Mark Saltzman, columnist for USA Today. Tell me about the new AirPods. Wayne and I just talked uh, for quite some time during all the commercials about our physical reactions to AirPods. And for to no, people wearing AirPods. Yeah, for no reason really whatsoever. <laughs> and uh, Wayne was telling me that people are upset with the new AirPods because they look just like the old ones and they want them to look differently so that they're like a status symbol. 
Yeah, Apple products are very much a status symbol. So when they did not tweak the design, nor did they add new colors or anything, a lot of people yesterday after this announcement were like, what? So, uh, yeah, so what they're doing, it's the same price, $199, but there are three differences between the old ones and new ones, but they're not cosmetic. So one is that the new H1 chip offers uh, one hour more of talk time. So now three hours instead of two, uh, but still five hours for music. They've added Hey Siri. So instead of double tapping the uh, AirPod to activate your favorite personal assistant who can never understand you, you can now just say, Hey Siri. So that's not the, the best feature because like how lazy can you get that you can't tap your ear and then third <laughs> they've added wireless charging so the case that you put the airpods into now can be used with all those wireless chargers out there many people have them in their car or they've got you know something on uh, their desk at uh, at home or at the office where you just place it down on that little puck and it starts charging up but yeah kind of like a little underwhelming if you will um, but so yeah that's that's the deal with the new airpods 2.0 which is really like airpods 1.0 well, South Korea uh, was the scene of the latest live streaming for hotel guests that did not maybe want <laughs> themselves to be live streamed. <laughs> yeah, this story is very disturbing. About 1,600 hotel guests in 10 different South Korean cities were victims of, uh, let's call it, illicit spy cameras. So this is a big problem in the country. But what they found was that in 42 different hair, uh, hotel rooms, buried inside of a hairdryer holder or a TV box or a wall socket was a tiny camera that wasn't just recording you to be consumed later, but it was actually re recording women and live streaming them over the internet to those who paid for it. It was about the equivalent of 10 bucks a month where you can access these live streams in 42 hotel rooms and then as much as $45 a month for premium features like the ability to rewind and watch video footage all over again and some other bells and whistles. Needless to say, this uh, is very disturbing, but a sting did uh, lead to a number of arrests uh, with these uh, the, the folks responsible for this, uh, this illicit uh, spy cams. And this is not just a South Korean problem. Yeah, that, they seem to be the worst. Get this, in the last five and a half years, there have been more than 30,000 cases of illicit recording in South Korea, according to the New York Times. But this has surfaced in the States as well. There have been hotel chains, and I've commented on this on, on uh, TV stations like CNN, where they have found hidden cameras. But this is the first time that we've, we've actually heard of live streaming, unbeknownst to the hotel guests. Very upsetting stuff. Isn't the upsetting part of it also how incredibly small these cameras are now? Yeah, well, you could see, I mean, even with your smartphone, it's a tiny little pinhole lens in some cases. Uh, and you're certainly not, you know, so like my, my wife said to me, for example, Kelly's like, well, how do, well, what, what do you do? Like, how do you prevent this? How do you, do you have to literally spend an hour walking around your hotel room? You're not going to find a tiny little dot in a, in a ceiling fan or, you know what I mean? So it is, it is those things where we really don't have an answer unless there's some electronics and they do exist for those uber paranoid that can detect a recording device. You walk around like a wand and it will tell you if there's something suspicious. Most people aren't going to go that far. But yeah, they're so small that you can't find them. You can't see them uh, to the naked eye unless you go super up close. And then they often make it so that hole where the... Um, where the camera lens would be, it would naturally be there anyways. Like it might look, might be right beside a light that's the same size. So you wouldn't even think twice looking at it. 
creepy, creepy stuff. Yeah, and how many subscribers did they have? I mean, how many people are into this? So with this late, latest one, uh, 4,100 members in total. No. So this is a mm-hmm. yeah, no, 4,100 members. Yeah, no. uh, yeah. Uh, and almost 100 <laughs> paid that $45 a month fee for the extra features, uh, according to CNN. So look, this is uh, Wait, really, extra really features? stuff. Yeah, well, this rewind. is like I was saying earlier. You, yeah, you can rewind. The DVR you can part of it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah, TiVo for creeps. Yeah, Mark, what I'm depressed about humanity now. Um, <laughs> so thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, good luck next time you're staying somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, and have a good week. <laughs> you two guys. Appreciate Cheers. Thanks your for time me. there. Mark Saltzman there, oh, those, USA uh, columnist. Chargers road games, Shannon. You know, I think about that. Um, but nobody's trying to see that, you know. Well, you don't. Not it, they're Andrews. not targeting the people. They're targeting the room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. All right. Coming up next, <laughs> we've got a lot of strange science. Well, what are you going to do? I'm not going to go buy That's the fatal. wand. So you're basically saying, yeah, they're going to see me. They're going to see me. I'm, I'm not going to worry about it. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the things you worry about don't end up happening, Wayne. Haven't you seen that meme? I've seen that meme, but that's, that's a meme. That's not necessarily the truth. All right. Coming up next, Strange Science. We've got exciting travel news. We've got travel to Mars news, serial killer news. And have you heard about the trip the Flat Earthers are planning on taking? We'll talk about that as well. Gary and Shannon, Wayne Resnick in today. I walk Gary and Shannon, Wayne Resnick hanging out with me today. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me. I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. It just is so lonely in here for four hours. You know, it's fun to have someone to play with. Thank you. Special counsel Bob Mueller is expected any day now to present his report on his investigation into Russia meddling in the 2016 election and possible collusion with Trump's 2016 campaign, the president yesterday was asked about this, and he said the report should be released to the public, although he does call it the ridiculous report. Federal prosecutors say a man from New York now faces up to 20 years in prison. This was the guy that was threatening to kill President Obama and Maxine Waters. A jury convicted him this week, finally. Uh, He made phone calls, racial slurs. The whole bit to Democratic congressional offices in 2017 and last year as well. Well, at this time of day on Thursday, we gather all of our odd spacey stories together and we call it something that's not odd science or or weird science. We like to call it strange science. Strange science. It's like weird science, but... Strange. It's Blake's favorite segment of the entire week. Did you know that, Wayne? No, I didn't. Oh, uh, he gets so excited about the way Gary and I get into this segment. He what do you know? What, what specifically about well, how you get into it delights just, him so? Just kind of how we talk about how it's not really odd science or oh synonyms, you know, weird science. Yeah, and he gives us a, such a disappointed look each and every week. 
Well, space. Oh, so the whole part about it's his favorite segment, and he loves it, was sarcasm. Yeah, I was being facetious. Oh. Yeah, he loathes it. SpaceX is forecast to be able to blast us across the Atlantic in a rocket in under 30 minutes by 2030. That's not that long ago. I mean, away. Far away. <laughs> I speak for a living. Uh, in 11 years, I mean, you know, screw Boeing and its uh, add-on menu for safety features. This is a different kind of space race that is heating up. They say, this investment firm says that long-haul flights in a rocket could soon make plane travel on Earth virtually obsolete. A trip from London to New York would take 29 minutes. Wouldn't that be fabulous? Wow. So a guy a guy in London could order from the uh, halal guy's cart mm-hmm. and then be there before... He'd still have to wait in line when he got to New York to he, get his order. He could, uh, he could, yes. But why would you want to do that when there's so much delicious uh, Indian food in London? All right, well, to flip it around, a guy in Soho. Maybe New he York, wants a pizza. I guy, think he wants a pizza. He wants a, a New York pizza. Fair enough. I don't think we should go ethnic because London is home to the great ethnic foods. Well, then switch it around. A guy in the Bronx wants a vindaloo. Yes. He can call up London, order yes. it, and be there before it's getting cold. Yes. Well, this seems all kinds of practical then. Is there anybody standing up at this point and saying that is impossible and will be impossible and it's an interesting goal, but this will never actually happen. Not a lot of people coming from that place of no. Uh, they say that getting from point to point on Earth by traveling through outer space will cannibalize the current market for journeys lasting more than 10 hours. Mm-hmm. They think that this rocket travel is going to be worth 15 billion pounds by a year by 2030. This is uh, Theranos all over again. No, it's not. It's going to happen. I'm going to get that vindaloo. Okay. Love a good vindaloo. And how close are they? Like how far along in the process of making this happen are they? Well, Jared Other than the idea. Jared Castle and Miles Walton are analysts with UBS. And they say although some might view the potential to use space to service the long haul travel market as science fiction, we think there is a large market. There, now the there, key, yes, the there's key, a large market. market. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Right. I was just gonna say the the key in that statement is that there's has nothing to do market. with whether you could ever have it, though. Of course, that just means people would like it. They want the vindaloo. Of course, all of us want that 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 sweet vindaloo. All right. Well, if that's all it takes, I mean, I can come up with a myriad of ideas that people would buy if they existed. The space race has SpaceX and Virgin Galactic on board. Jeff Bezos has a space tourism project with Blue Origin, and they're competing with the developing uh, by SpaceX. They haven't been able to get to the point of commercially sending just people buying a ticket up into orbit. Well, right? they haven't even gotten to that yet. And they're already talking about this whole Michigas, please. Elon Musk's SpaceX sent that Falcon Heavy rocket into space in February of last year. Mm-hmm. On board was that red Tesla that belonged to Elon Musk himself. SpaceX right. has won several multi-million dollar contracts from NASA. And Bezos is throwing a lot of money at the issue. He says 
that he finances his space tourism project, Blue Origin, with about a billion dollars of Amazon stock each year. Mm. I think when you come up with a, what's happening is they are overshadowing their earlier radical world changing ideas with new radical world changing ideas before they have ever delivered on the first radical world changing idea. Just like Theranos. I think that was a good uh, analogy. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Speaking of Bezos. Yeah. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. He's got this secret clicky Mars conference that I didn't even know about. Nick unearthed this. This invite-only event called Mars, standing for Machine Learning, Automation, Robotics, and Space. And he only invites certain researchers and certain entrepreneurs to to celebrate all of their their Mars endeavors, all of their – it's like science camp for the popular kids. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what it's like. And people who've invented interesting devices can come and display them and do demonstrations. And then we at least we do get to know what's going on there. It's not really secretive. It's just extremely exclusive. And so people were showing off like robotic drones. There's this bionic opter, which allows you to uh, put a drone up there with a sensor, some whatever you want, I guess, whatever you would want to sense up there. And you can get continuous data from the air because it'll transmit whatever it's measuring wirelessly down to earth for, I guess, you know, days and days and days and days at a time. Jeff Bezos said this from the stage. You don't have a job. You don't have a career. You have a calling. Mm. That's exactly like what, what Robin Elizabeth, says. That's, to what, us. that's what Elizabeth Holmes said about Theranos. <laughs> yeah, true. The story. same thing. True story. Okay, coming up next in Strange Science: Why male and female serial killers choose their victims differently. <laughs> that's dark. And uh, flat earthers are planning a trip to prove their point. We'll tell you all about it when we come back. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Wayne Resnick in. Gary and Shannon, Wayne Resnick hanging out with me while Gary is gone. He'll be back on Monday. Ethiopian Airlines says its pilots went through all of the extra training required by Boeing and the U.S. aviation regulator to fly the 737 MAX 8 jet that crashed this month. The CEO says the airline's pilots completed the training meant to help them shift from an older model to the newer 737 MAX 8. There's just one problem. The pilots, yeah, they were all trained, but Ethiopian Airlines did not pay extra for those add-on safety features that Boeing offers its suitors. I can't believe that. I, I still can't believe that that is reality. The first story that I read this morning that... Boeing has his add-on menu for extras, 
and that safety measures are on said add-on menu. That is just insanity. And that the FAA doesn't require planes to pay extra for these safety options. Good Lord. You know what? I'm sorry. I was distracted because I'm trying to find the baby animal bracket and I forgot where I'm supposed to look. Oh, uh, KFIAM640.com, the Gary and Shannon show page. And also, oddly, I've forgotten exactly what it is and how it works. So here's what it is, Wayneski. You go to the baby animal bracket and you'll see different baby animals facing off against each other, much like March Madness and college basketball. And then you pick which animal is the cutest. That's how they win their game. And then we uh, unveil the the winner mm-hmm. in uh, a matter of weeks. And everyone can do this. And it's not going to be Duke. <laughs> and unless unless Duke is also the name of some particularly cute animal. Last year, Baby Goat won the oh, whole thing. Baby goats are tough to beat. They are. I picked the Baby Deek Deek this, uh, this, this year to win it all. It looks... Team Deek Deek. Tim Deek Deek. It's like well, I a, a fox, but you know, it's like a a, a baby deer almost, it's right? Like an antelope almost, antelope, yeah. but much smaller. Let's talk about serial killers, shall we? Sure. From baby animals to serial killers, we have it all on this show. There is new research led by a Penn State evolutionary psychologist who has figured out why male and female serial killers pick out their victims. Differently, and it goes back to our hunter and gatherer roots, guys and gals. Men are more likely to what hunt, right? So they hunt their victims, where women are more likely to be the gatherers and they gather their victims. They found that so male serial killers are more likely to stalk a victim, and what female serial killers are more likely to just. When the impulse strikes, kill whoever happens to be at hand. Well, somebody that they know. See, the female serial killers gather people around them and then they start killing them because oh, and of the our... males. And the males are more likely to kill a stranger. Exactly. They also figured out this dark triangle of traits uh, that three personality traits exist amongst these people. Narcissism, psychopathy and Machiavellianism. When all these three traits are found in one person, it ain't good, guys. It ain't not good. Is there like a Venn diagram of these three and in the middle is the overlap and that's serial killer? Right. Narcissism uh, is characterized, of course, pride, ego, lack of empathy. Machiavellianism is all about manipulation and exploiting others. Total disregard for morality. A focus on self-interest and deception. And then psychopathy, of course, antisocial behavior, impulsivity, selfishness, callousness, remorselessness. They, you can see how they all fit together. Yes. They're very complementary to similar. each other. Yeah, they are. Are you also reading this and going through your mental Rolodex of people you know, like I am? Yes. Yeah. And most of the people that are popping up first in work that Rolodex, here. in they my mind, here. yes, yeah. are, are yeah, roaming I mean, the halls. <laughs> Right about now. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That's troubling. I think, to be honest, (laughs) I think you could find a lot of narcissism and Machiavellianism. I don't know about people here being psychopaths or sociopaths. I don't think we have that. No? I don't think so. Well, there's one guy I'm thinking of. Yeah, I know. 
Uh, let's move on to the flat earthers, shall we? That's much more uplifting than thinking we work with a building full of serial killers. We are killers. all going to feel so stupid once they prove that they're right. A group of conspiracy theorists who believe the earth is flat uh, are going to head to Antarctica to visit the end of the world. According to Forbes, I don't know what Forbes is doing writing up this flat earther pilgrimage, but nevertheless, they did. According to Forbes, prominent members of the group have expressed interest in traveling there to prove once and for all that the planet is not spherical. Because they're just going to go there and that's where they think the edge will be, like an infinity pool? Yes, exactly like an infinity pool. What idiots. There is something called the Flat Earth International Conference. I'm going to Google that because that's that's that sounds like it's widespread. Yeah. Like While you not- Google that, let me ask a question. Let's say they're right and the earth is flat and all of the information that we are being fed about how it's round are all lies. Mm -hmm. Why? Why do they, not the flat earthers, why do they want us to think it's round? What's in it for anybody? Is this a big conspiracy of globe makers? who are trying to steal market share from map makers. And let's say that it's mistaken. It's because, oh, scientists have all been too dumb to figure out that it's really flat. Don't you think by now somebody would have discovered that it's flat and announced it and shown their proof to the world? Because if you were the person to finally realize that the earth is flat and you have the proof that it's flat, wouldn't you immediately want to be known as the person who debunked the myth of the round earth? So I just went into the whole of the Flat Earth International Conference, and it is like any other conference. You know, it starts with registration and then classes. Oh, yeah. Classes all day long. Sure. Uh, coffee and tea break. Um they, they're, Except they're, the thing that brings them gravity. together is insane. Yeah, yeah, that's that's unfortunate. That's not good. That's not good. I'm so they're going to go there and what? Take video or how are they still going to prove to the rest of the dumb Wayne, I don't sheep? Know. I don't once know. they're there. You don't don't bother me and the flat earthers with your silly question could this be a scam where it's like a you cult think? the people at the top are like hey, of course the Absolutely. earth is not flat but they're suckers who will pay i don't know how much those to con- join our thing go to our conference yes. go on this trip yes i think that's what it's all about and that actually makes me feel better than than knowing that there's more people that believe in flat earth all right john and ken show coming up next we'll try not to be so uh depressing in terms of the future of humanity tomorrow we'll lighten it up a little bit we can't oh. we can't control that. All right. Uh John and Ken coming up next. Stay dry, everybody, and blessings. Well, that's all the time we have. Join us next time on Gary and Shannon. Now is the time and wherever you are is the place. The Citadel makes it easier to earn your degree by offering master's degrees, graduate certificates, and undergraduate degree completion programs that are entirely online. Flexible scheduling makes these programs convenient for working professionals. Online classes are held to the same high standards that consistently name the Citadel, the number one master's granting public college in the South. The Citadel. Online. 
on your time. Visit citadel.edu slash online.